0: Extra sultry. I just have to let you know. This is going to be a little bebe episode um, because I have been in bed, taken to the boudoir for the last 48 hours. Oh, I'm absolutely about to sneeze with this crazy cold that's coming around. And I'm very thankful to not have a fever knock on table, which I can't actually do because I'm trying to stop myself from sneezing. But I have been sneezing around the clock and just going through it. It's just your classic cold. Woke up this morning thinking it was done. And I was like, oh, there's something, there's like a literal, there's a golf club in my throat. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? So so thank you for your patience. And Lord knows you're going to have a supersized episode of AG Classic later in the week as well as a recap of the succession finale on taking it personally on Thursday I can't even I can't even you know what's so terrible you know how I know that I'm very sick I've only seen the succession series finale once now you would assume I had watched it once and then a second time immediately following as I did episode three of this season and some other eps as well But I am so sick I only saw it one time so far. So hopefully I'll get on my shit before I record deep diving it, which I am extremely excited to do. But I have just been dead asleep trying to sleep off this motherfucker. Um completely forgot that New Jersey was happening. Honestly, couldn't have told you what day of the week it was. At one point, I just knocked out for like 3 hours this afternoon and was in the middle of a deep sleep where I had been invited. This is how you know I was absolutely sleeping cuz this would never happen IRL, but had it been invited to some like crazy VIP Bravo event hosted by the Toms, where they were being announced as the new faces of English breakfast tea, which like, take a moment, think about that. And I was at the event thinking, this is odd. Why? Why Tom's? Why now? And I attempted, again, this is a sickness <laughs> influence stream. This is, this did not happen, IRL. But had been trying to corner Schwartz to be like, what did you know? When did you know it? And why are you guys selling tea? Why now? Why is tea happening now? And then the buzzer went off because somebody was knock, knock, knocking at my door, and I was so upset because I tried to will myself back to sleep to continue having in a literally imaginary conversation with Thomas, middle name Schwartz. And it, that quite literally did not occur. And I was desperate to continue to have it because I was so curious for what he was going to say. And like, why are you still friends with this man? But I couldn't go back to it. Couldn't go back to that space. And then remembered, oh, correct. The New Jersey reunion is happening. So I did watch that. I also watched Atlanta, which I had missed. And then I did actually watch the New Jersey reunion a second time. So it is kind of interesting to say that out loud that I, you know, didn't have the faculties or ability to watch Succession a second time, but somehow I made that happen with NJ and Franklin Lynx. Are they the vaccine for my soul? Who's to say? Could be, possibly not. Um, but I did want to talk to you about that a little bit because it maybe was the first time genuinely that I felt this season. A little bit of exhaustion about the tree, tree, oh my God, tree, melisse, um, which I know is a feeling that many people have had that have prevented people from enjoying this season or honestly wanting to watch it or watching it and trying to enjoy it and just feeling like this is so exhausting. And I really and again, I'm sorry guys for sniffling and stuff. I really try to do my best with um typically editing out that stuff, but I don't have the brain power for it, so apologies in advance um so uh so i and i I have enjoyed the season. I really did. I thought that there was a lot of really strong content and also just conversation, and sometimes, you know, as a podcaster you can have in a content creator, you can have strong content that doesn't necessarily elicit or inspire really deep talk. Sometimes it's like, okay, that was a good episode. Don't know really what there is to say here. Or even that wasn't a good episode, but I don't know, you know, how much uh, there is to necessarily unpack in the ways that Andy's Girls is kind of run at this point, Um, where oftentimes you can focus on one or two moments, a scene and a half, and that can be the majority of, of an episode of AG. And with New Jersey, I feel like there has been a lot of that kind of inspiration throughout the season. Um, I certainly have felt that connection, noting that we're obviously at the tail end of NJ. I felt that more with Jersey than I do right now with Atlanta. Um, you know, and watching the new episode of Atlanta, I just kind of felt like, oof, there's a little bit. There's a lot of Marlowe stuff that I don't know what kind of note she would have been given after last season, aside from like, this feels like a lot and it doesn't necessarily feel like it's organic or, or the right fit with the current group. And I think pot- potentially she did try to reset, but I think Marlowe's going to Marlowe and there are ways that she kind of just refuses to acknowledge or interact. Noting that oftentimes she's being, you know, like Kenya's trying to provoke her. Like that definitely absolutely exists, but there's a way there that I don't necessarily see a lot to necessarily unpack. We're just a couple episodes in, episode four, literally. There's a lot more to go. I might also feel that because, you know, LOL me pretending that Drew has an impact in my thinking, but like Drew wasn't there. (laughs) And, more importantly for me, um candy wasn't there, and so I'm sure that you know, next week, for example, will be um will have a kind of intensity and nuance that I would really love to um, you know, just kind of like discuss and deep dive and New Jersey, for me, I don't know. I think it had the benefit as all of us can essentially acknowledge of knowing this was in many ways the end of the ride, so I don't know why. In watching the finale, I felt a little bit of a tinge of something, not necessarily boredom, but just, I mean, I guess this is the most obvious reaction ever of just like, right, I feel like we've seen this before. And there was something about this season of New Jersey that felt different, even in that universe. And with NJ, that just fucking part one of the reunion, I was like, okay. And. You know it's terrible. I have to be very honest, and I'm congested. I do not feel well. If you don't like what I'm saying, I guess we could pretend I don't feel like myself, and that's why this is being this is why this is being discussed in this way. But God help me for saying this. But I think, and and this isn't even really my fault. Here I am tapping out. Um, I, I, a dipping out rather, in the words of Thomas Sandoval. But I feel like a lot of this is going to really come to light and light itself on fire when Louis is on stage because there seems to be a particular kind of animosity and fury that several of the cast members and husbands feel that is entirely directed toward Louis And how many of us have had this conversation with each other on social, on podcasts, about just seeing a lot of red flags with Louis, even before there was any kind of conversation of this Bo Deedle Michigas, who Sidebar put out his own, like, response to real Housewives of new jersey that was also an absolute ad that uses the tagline like real investigative work where he said like i don't know this whatever i was never hired and it's ridiculous and my business is great and blah 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 so you can see that on social if you would um so enjoy it uh it's like about a minute long it's bo deedle just talking um if you read the new york post you have an idea of what kind of flavor that's going to be like but um it's real classic New York tabloid personality types for those of us who exist in that world, IE just going to the New York Post every moment of the day and hitting refresh. Um but I and I hate to say it, it's like I don't even want to necessarily give him the credit except there's a level of my god lunacy and targeted paranoia that he seems to carry that he puts into action in a way that makes me uncomfortable. And there are a couple elements here where I'm like, okay, I know that these people are just going to yell at each other, but I need to get some understanding. This is where Andy comes into play, but I don't even know a single person on the planet who would be able to get straight answers. This is where we almost kind of need those pump rules style one-on-ones, where I need to know, for example, what happened when Dave called Dave Canton, I believe is his name, Dina's um, husband, when Dave called Joe Gorga. Melissa apologized on stage at the reunion for, essentially on Joe's behalf, for him referencing something on camera that was supposed to be private, which LOL is a big fucking issue, um, especially if you are Louie, who seems to be the kind of guy who wants to bury his misdeeds along with your head in the sand. Um so i I just need to get some kind of like understanding of what actually happened did can we just have like a yes or no round of an, a round of like question and answers here, like okay, did Dave call Joe Gorga yes or no? And I guess this goes into like more than a yes or no was you know was that call a positive one? How did Louie come up in conversation because Teresa was very quick to um say essentially for the record that. Dave and Louie were never engaged in business or never had a business deal, but that doesn't mean that money wasn't involved. That doesn't mean that there was some sort of inappropriate interaction. That doesn't mean that boundaries were crossed and someone felt uncomfortable. And while I can certainly appreciate Teresa sharing that Dina didn't want to go to the wedding because she didn't want to be on camera, A which Andy then said would have been entirely possible to do. She just didn't have to sign a release. And B, didn't want people to know where she was. Obviously, that calls to mind the horrifying attacks against Dina and her husband that Dina's now ex-husband has been charged with um, involvement in, not the only person charged. But it's shocking and uh, terrifying um, that Dina even has to go through that. So... I could imagine being back in New Jersey and being back in the Garden State could be potentially very triggering for her. And she could be genuinely, legitimately afraid of being there and of being in a public surrounding with hundreds of people, many of whom she doesn't know. And um, to me, that makes a lot of sense, but it doesn't mean that's why she wasn't there. This is why, this is where we get into a scenario of many things can be true at once. And there was something about That response, which happens to have the potential um, effect of minimizing any conversation around Teresa, why are you and Dina seemingly no longer close, which Teresa and Dina have both sort of tap danced around on social, but does in fact seem to be the reality of what's going on. They went from being extremely close, especially as two couples, to that no longer being a thing. And while, sure, there could be reasons why Dina didn't want to attend that specific wedding in that specific state, um, especially all of the legal, um, the just horrifying legalities uh, and realities of what happened to her, I don't know that that's why she didn't attend. And I don't know that that's why there's been sort of this odd silence and separation between these two couples. And the through line here that Teresa will fight against the most which I think is going to be increasingly problematic for her, is that a lot of any, you know, potential discord or tension or stress that might be happening in her real life with off-camera friends and certainly with this quote-unquote friend circle on the show is going to involve Louis. It's not just Louie's participation. It's like Louis's leading involvement. It's not just he had a shitty response to something. It's like, no, he was driving the train here. And I think that is going to be very difficult for her. Teresa is someone who obviously still to this day struggles with the inciting incident, the original sin, according to her narrative, which is the fact that she was not told by Melissa and Joe when they were joining New Jersey. And with Louis, I think the difficulty for Teresa is that the original sin with a lot of this conflict that's coming up is going to be because of Louis himself. And I think she's going to frame it as people's reactions to Louis or a vested interest in bringing her down or not wanting her to do well or another person's manipulation or this is all for camera, it has nothing to do with this man and I need to protect him against you. I think the difficulty for here for her is that at a certain point there's going to be a consistency and a pattern and when it comes to those yes and no answers I would love to just hear exactly and maybe we will get it when Joe Gorga's on stage two I would like to know exactly what Joe Gorga says he was told by Dave I would like to know exactly what Louis's response to that is and this whole performative but unnerving dance of I needed to have my own security so I didn't tell production they were coming or more likely I told production I was doing something they said don't and I did it anyway. I mean to have security show up on set and not tell anyone or not listen to people when they say it's unnecessary because you got likely anonymous threats on social. I mean, these sets for these shows are on lockdown for a reason. And while it's not exactly as uh, complicated as what producers have talked about with the Pump Rules reunions, where their producers, including I believe one of the cast members on a podcast said one of their executive producers are Maybe leading producers had their own phone removed. Pe- like people weren't allowed to bring their phones onto the set because things were on such high lockdown. Well, that wasn't the case for New Jersey. Obviously, for any kind of highly <laughs> activated cast, there is going to be a level of a security presence. And I do not think for a single second that Louis was arranging any kind of security protocol for anything else but a performance. Which, of course, makes everybody's lives more complicated, but I think that's probably the point. It's to show maybe it's a performance for Teresa of his concern or his interest in protecting her. Um, I would argue he's not doing a very good job of that with some of these like seemingly outrageous lies. And also, once again, when it comes to the Q&A question of it all, the like rapid answer, I need to know, and I'm sure we'll get more, I mean, I guess this would be probably maybe the end of next week's episode, maybe halfway through, I don't know when the husbands are going to get on stage or if they're saving all of that for part three, but I need to know exactly what happened with Marge's child, like, and exactly what happened with Frank, and exactly what happened with Rachel Fuda's hearing information about Louis being involved in her with her child's birth mother with her child's birth parent. I think that there are very strong allegations here and I need to know specifics related to them because unfortunately like I believe all of it and so I want to get more information like when Marge says Louis called my child and threatened them. I mean, you either called this person or you did not. So was it someone saying they were calling on Louis's behalf? Was it Louis's voice? Why were they calling at work? Is there a way that she was summarizing something and it was slightly more complicated than that? Because if it's anything close to Louis Ruelas calling the child, I don't care if they're 30 or 12, although obviously there's a difference there, but seemingly calling Marge's, one of Marge's adult children at their place of work and threatening them or having a conversation with them, whatever it is that is unacceptable and inexcusable. And at that point, I'm thinking like, <laughs> where's the social media security to protect children of cast members from Louie? Can he hire one of those people as well? Or what? Like, is Louie doing some of this stuff, having security or whatever else? Is that a performance to deflect from things that he knows are going to come up and to say ostensibly, well, we're all in a certain amount of danger. So no matter what I did when I was upset, there's people who are doing similar things to me. And so this is my expression of that. I'm going to pay for that kind of defense. I don't know. I think it's concerning and confusing and it's unfortunate, uh, I guess, that I have to think, like, wait until Louis is on stage. But I feel like that's what all of this is leading up to, so much of it. I mean, it explains Margaret's upset going into the reunion. It explains, I assume, a certain amount of tension that we'll see with Rachel Fuda and John. It obviously explains a certain amount of frustration and anger that Frank will feel toward Louis from what we've seen from the trailer and obviously Joe and Melissa are in a fucking you know throw down battle with Tree and Louis and it all ties back to this kind of feeling that I have that Teresa's world is going to get so much more complicated and I think so much of the focus has been put on Melissa and Joe. And while I'm sure a lot of that anger and upset and hurt is very real for Teresa, it does also carry the benefit of deflecting potentially any attention or animus off Louis as being just seen as a form of revenge and if it's coming from people who also happen to be aligned with Melissa isn't that the greatest example of the fact that none of these quote-unquote lies can be believed because people want to bring Louis down because they want to harm Teresa and I think For Teresa, this is going to get more and more complicated because what happens if and when Melissa and Joe are no longer here? And I don't mean that necessarily as being off the show because we have no idea what's going to happen. Everybody is seemingly on the same uh, page here that the production is likely going to take a little bit of a break and try to figure out how it wants to move forward. So if in the meantime, Joe and Melissa are not necessarily off the show, but just out of her life, I would... Be very surprised if several examples of Louis's toxicity and not great intent just all of a sudden disappears. I think Teresa's love bubble and love, love, love is very focused on this kind of fairy tale romance. and I would argue that the honeymoon, at least on television, seems to be over I don't know it, it it makes me very concerned it makes me very concerned for her but also there's a part of me that feels like should people be concerned on her behalf when she has said repeatedly she does not want it and doesn't trust it she does not trust that kind of feeling she doesn't think that people have her best interests and if they raise questions about Louie they're only doing that because they want to harm her and nothing else and this woman has been given So many examples from people who she respects. If Andy is telling her, you need to sign a prenup, please do this for your kids. Teresa can't look at Andy and say, you're only doing this to fuck with me. She understands that this person is talking to her with a certain level of love and respect and concern for her that's based in um, admiration for her and a hope that she you know, has a long and happy life with this man. And in that case, none of this other stuff will matter. It's the uh, romanticized ideal of, I don't need to protect anything about me because this man is going to protect me until the end of time. Let us all say amen, you know, versus some examples here that are creeping out that are like, okay, well, if Louis is here to protect you, I would think a certain amount of protection comes with emotional stability and security. And I'm not seeing necessarily great examples of that. I'm seeing someone who does not necessarily appear to be in control of himself. And while obviously I would think being surrounded by camera crews and people speaking ill of you and maybe not treating you in a way that you feel is respectful can inspire a person to lash out. I don't know that I see that as the reason behind Louis' seemingly erratic behavior. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe, to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luan? And while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways, there's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use AstroPro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is, looking for Duranda on the Upper East Side, AstraPro always has my back and nose. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15-20% to in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andyscrolls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's roco slash andyscrolls. Sign up today. heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Way's anti-frizz cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And PS, I am way obsessed with Whey's other bestsellers. They're leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E dot i.com and enter promo code andy for 15% off any product. That's t h e o u a i.com with promo code andy. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom or a maternal figure in your life? Let me tell you about my life in a Book.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you want to ask. Then she can either type up her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I want to know about the stories of how my mom and dad grew up. What's the first thing they remember after they were born? That's one of the questions I sent to my dad after signing up for my life in a book. And I can't think of a greater gift to give my dad in sharing his stories and to receive. It's super easy to use. My favorite part of it, as someone who sometimes lives on turtle time and forgets (laughs) about sending or receiving email, is that they reach out a couple days prior to sending questions. Just so I know of what questions they're going to send to my dad, if I want to change it for another question or customize it with something that I want to know. It's that kind of specificity and care that I love so much. This is genuinely an incredible, incredible gift. There's no greater present than I could give a family member, or a loved one than to participate in this kind of meaningful appreciation for the entirety of their lives, separate from my own. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom or loved one this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com with code Andy's Girls for 10% off today. And thank the Jills, Erin, and your life and mine. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly, Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. That's happymammoth.com and use the code Girls for 15% off today. I'm engaging. And it feels to me a little bit like when Joe and Melissa have skoodoodled off into the sunset, as they appear to have now, at least specifically in the framework of this family. family. I don't know what Teresa is going to be left with when the next thing goes wrong? Like, who's she going to blame? Is it going to go shift back to this is all because of shit that Marge said based on, again, shout out to the New York Post, New York Post articles from like a decade ago. Like, is this on Marge now? Because the social media, the Bravo community is still going to talk about this man. A lot of people have a lot of concern for her and specific concern for her because of him. Um, And I think that is worrisome. I think it's saying something that a lot of people, including tree supporters, see potential red flags. Now, I got into this on a recent Patreon episode and, you know, red satchels of gold, listener thoughts and feels, questions and concerns about all things. Uh, housewife Ryan Moore named in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Clorn Ben Simone. And some of those satchels were from tree huggers and tree supporters who felt like, yeah, there are some warning signs here. And also from, I remember one satchel in particular, even though my brain is currently on fire with this goddamn cold. Um, but, you know, from one person in particular who was like, you know, is it fair that there's been this much attention on Louis and not on Joe Gorga's misdoings, not on Frank Catania losing his law license, not on examples X, Y, and Z. And I thought it was a solid point, but I think it's a point that, um... <sighs> is difficult to really talk through because a lot of this has been litigated. I think there has been a fair amount of attention of Joe acting out and behaving in a way that did not feel appropriate, like the level of whatever heat was uh, coming out of conflict from episodes X, Y, and Z. I think that has been discussed. I think that there has been questions about some of Joe's Um, Gorga's business practices. When it comes to that, this person mentioned this, which I had forgotten about. But when it comes to that, like GMA or Today Show, he was using pictures from someone else's like design work on a house and seemingly posting it as his own, not ideal business practice. And certainly there are a lot of questions um, that uh, have existed. I'm just thinking now that I'm saying, is Frank Catania, Frank Senior's last name. I literally, you guys, I am so sick <laughs> that my brain is on fire. So I apologize if I'm saying things that don't make sense. Um, so I think that there is some truth there and some basis of like, are we putting Louis under too much of a magnifying lens? But I do think like the magnifying lens has been passed around. I think that there has been a number of examples of. Spouses or partners, or just questions about relationships. Think of how we talked about Dolores and David in years past. This woman who was saying that she was fine, she didn't need anything more, but we were kind of disagreeing with her at moments. And it seems to be working out in Dolores's favor right now. All of this to say that, you know, I think there have been any number of partners who have been. Uh, looked at or any number of relationships that have looked been looked at with some amount of worry or concern or, or rather even just simply critique. And I think the Louis of it all just feels different to me because there's something about him that just puts off all like all of the hairs of my arms go up like there's just something about him that I'm just like it's he's not right. And there is something here there's a darkness here that feels a little unnerving to watch especially when it's cloaked in this idea of toxic positivity and all this other stuff that doesn't seem to match up. I mean, like even in watching the wedding episode, some of how he was responding over the course of the day, I was like, okay, this feels like a lot. Like, oh, shouldn't we be focused on your bride maybe more than Instagram, even though I agree at points that the Gorga's posting that shit was not great and was meant to drive attention off of your wedding? Like, I get that. But also you, I don't know, maybe that's a terrible example, but... All of this to say, and again, I'm going to say all of this to say 30 to 40 more times. So here's to 41. All of this to say, it just feels like there's something here that's, uh that doesn't feel quite right. Um, I am, you know, curious as I was to what intentions were going to be set forth in this reunion. It was something that Andy had spoken about previously in the lead up to filming the reunion this idea of like, why, how, how are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Because if we know that, you know, Melissa and Teresa, Teresa and Joe, uh, Melissa and Joe versus Teresa, Joe and Melissa versus Louie, Teresa and Louie versus Melissa and Joe, like if we know that these people hate each other and never want to speak to each other again, what's the purpose of having this take place? Like usually the tension is even if you hate each other, that there is some small amount of you that will want to move forward in peace or a big amount a greater amount of you that will want to move forward in peace but you're so wrapped up in anger and frustration and pain that you can't get out of your own way and this was a different kind of moment because at the beginning of the reunion I'm glad he asked this and said essentially set your intention here and I'll try to help you get there um and the intention for both of them was like to walk away. I mean, Teresa saying close the chapter. You know, her family member is her family members are now a chapter in the book. You know, just close the chapter and walk away. And for <sighs> Melissa's intention was a, was slightly more uh, loaded in saying there's truth that I want to come out, and then we'll skedoodle in peace. Um, but obviously, some stuff here that they want to raise. I'm sure that's going to be specific to the conversation that Teresa and Louie had with Joe, maybe the call from Gia after, and how that framed for them a lot of emotions. And um, honestly, at some points, lack of emotion, lack of effort that for people watching, I think, was fairly confusing at points. Like, where was the lack of fight even in wanting to fight for a future? Like, why aren't we... Participating in these conversations, why does it feel like the energy is off? And I think a big part of that is going to be this conversation about did Melissa cheat potentially multiple times, according to Teresa and Louis, allegedly. And also, I think this pizza oven thing is going to be a huge fucking shit show. I hope it comes up. I hope there's a fair amount of attention on it because I think it's actually very pertinent here. I think. The conversation of how Louis does business, and the own his own like trust fall exercise with people of like trust me as I push you to the ground. I think that is an important part of the conversation, and especially if there's some sort of weird tension with Dina's husband Dave and Louis Ruelas, I think Joe being present and saying, "Well, here's what happened to me." is helpful to know. And then let's get some counters from Louie. Let's get some facts. Let's get less emotion and more. Here's exactly what happened. And like, show me the way that you do business. Because if you're saying that you do it on the up and up in your quote unquote lead generation, um, let's see how you actually deliver. Can you stay calm? Can you share specific information backed by fact? And can Joe Gorka do that? He is a man who is in many ways all emotion? He goes emotion first, and that can get obviously in his own way. I mean, there was something spectacular of like Melissa Gorga give us nothing in the way that she was like <laughs> just being so deeply <laughs> passive aggressive, and just some of her responses to Teresa, which I think if she keeps it up, that that can go to a, like a fifteen, not even a ten. That can get Teresa to a thirty-five real quick when you're like oh where do you want me to go nowhere oh that's so interesting and yeah i mean i was screaming i was losing my mind i also thought the conversation around marge being a character from dynasty and also being like edgy to a point and kind of shitty <laughs> but funny like she's very funny she's very funny she's very quick she's she's gone too far at points i thought Um, especially, uh, this past season and some of what she said the just some of the Jen Aiden stuff that you're a drug addict because you smoke pot, like some of this other stuff I thought was, was too far, but, um. The the idea of her potentially de-escalating an argument between Melissa and Joe at this like dinner or whatever that happened off camera by being like, Well, you know, J-Lo can date A-rod, so Melissa, yada yada. I don't think she was actually quite literally saying, Melissa, you should get on hinge and change your, you know, interest and location to like within a mile of Yankee Stadium. Like I don't think she was actually saying that as much as Jen Aiden was <laughs> trying to put into the ether that she was. But what was interesting to me in that moment, aside from having to watch Melissa and Marge explain what humor is to other members of the cast, was that Teresa had an interesting response to it when, you know, Marge and Melissa were both like, it was humor, it was okay. Joe was fine. And Teresa said something to the extent of like, oh, it's okay for Marge to say that, but not me. And I thought to myself, ma'am, when have you joked about? Melissa stepping out. That doesn't seem to be at all what you were saying the intention was for that private conversation with Louis and Joe. And also, how is that the same thing if you didn't even involve Melissa in that meetup? Like the comparison here of apples to apples between these two women, which I'm sure exists on both sides, is just so wild. The way that they tried to participate in other people's dynamics of being like, well, I get that yada yada. Unlike what you said is just a fast, it's like watching people volley playing tennis, not understanding that everybody else is playing football. It's like, sweetie, like we're in a different sport right now. Like you have a racket. Okay. These other people have these other balls made of pig skin or whatever the fuck happens on a football field. I couldn't tell you. I have no fucking idea, but It was an interesting moment. And I also think, you know, from the perspective of interesting moments, Marge, Margaret Joseph (laughs) being that emotional at that wedding, which was, I thought, very sweet and very real for her, definitely. And being emotional, not only necessarily about Teresa finding love again, which I think was absolutely a part of it, but also an understanding of the fact that like family wasn't present for this. I think there was maybe a sense of melancholy she felt during the ceremony, is all fine and good. But that woman should not have come to the wedding if she was planning to leave during the reception. I think I talked about this on the last AG or on Patreon. But ma'am, what were we doing there? That was not a great decision. Because I think it I totally understood Teresa's perspective and being like, yeah, I was looking for you. I wanted to dance after And you had already left. I mean, allegedly, according to that actual wedding episode, she left before they were even fucking introduced to the reception hall. I don't think, spoiler alert, when it comes to Teresa and Melissa, middle ground is very difficult unless her name is Dolores. Dolores is the only person who appears to really be playing an active, active part in like, I'm here to listen to both of you potentially to offer guidance off camera, but I'm certainly not going to pick a side. And I think agreeing to attend a wedding and then leaving out of specific to loyalty for a family member who's in full-fledged war with someone else, I would have thought it would have been a good idea for her to give her regrets the day before. I forget the breakdown of timing between the finale Ireland party filming and when the actual wedding occurred. I think it was like two days or something. It was like not a lot of time, but enough time to pick up the phone and say, listen, I made a, I made a call. I don't, I I think Margaret herself would likely admit that that was um, not the right decision. And speaking of not right decisions, it was so funny to me to see Danielle and Rachel go at it, which like these women just think such great casting, such great additions Although I'm glad that Andy himself was like, Danielle, I thought you were a different person than the one that I saw running saw running away from like scenes repeatedly over the course of the season. I'm glad that he referenced that and did it in a possibly more understanding way than how I did just now. But it was interesting to hear them kind of like go at each other and then like have a little bit of a pause and Andy say, I just want to let you guys know this is like among the dumbest fights that I have ever heard. And also, speaking of dumb, I thought it was actually fantastic when I saw you guys you know, just kind of get to know each other and film together as the newbies. What a dumb call it was to continue to go toward each other when you were seemingly more valuable when you weren't fighting this hard. um, which I think you know, if you're not going to listen to the other person, listen to the face of the network. And I think that actually potentially brokered and broke through this like, okay, well, now we'll put it to bed because Andy's telling us we should and that we look like idiots and that this is like maybe harming our job. So now we'll let it go. And sometimes that's what'll do it. Sometimes you're looking for an excuse to settle. And the excuse can come from your show's executive producer, who's the face of the network and the host of the reunion being like, just a heads up, just some advice. I think that um, you should stop, and <laughs> I think that they listened, and I think that that was smart. Um, and I, you know, it's like I'm trying to remember moments of this reunion that I quite literally just watched, and I think the other, only other real point here that had me kind of like thinking, "Huh," that was a little bit of a moment is the um the conversational response that Teresa had toward Rachel of saying you asking about any fears that I would I forget what the actual question was that Rachel asked I think it was like on the bus maybe in Ireland but or whatever the fuck they were but um the question about the kids like um you asking are you concerned that our kids would become estranged or that there would be an impact was a setup which again is this like kind of paranoia that Teresa feels that isn't necessarily um outside of reality in some aspects I do think that she has the right to feel that her life or her impulses are being manipulated or exacerbated for other people to have maybe a role in plot or production or the framework of friend circle. Like, I don't think she's entirely off the map to suggest that. But I did think specific to this conversation about kids saying that Rachel only asked that As a setup to get Teresa in trouble was fascinating to me because first, how would Rachel have known in advance about Antonia not coming to a sweet sixteen when Teresa herself was the one who put that out there? But also going off of Melissa's response, who obviously didn't want Antonia to be discussed in a disparaging manner, why would Rachel, one of Melissa's closest allies at this point and certainly current, put that? into the air like it didn't make sense but this is also one of those things of like taking Teresa literally which is how she wants us to but I think a part of the sometimes tree hugging journey is taking her literally without necessarily fully thinking it out like oh I'm taking her literally but what she's saying is sort of symbolic and I'm like okay but why don't we just take her literally and? Kind of talk that out. I think a lot of symbolism is at play or a lot of previous history might be at play in understanding some of Teresa's impulses, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're right. It's just kind of like understanding where they come from. And I think the kid stuff is going to continue. I assume it will continue to be a little bit of a topic, especially when Joe is on stage and it's going to be a shit show. Um, You know, I wouldn't be surprised if. Joe and Melissa and Teresa and Louis, if this dynamic continued the next season, if Gia wouldn't be on that reunion stage, not to say as a cast member, but I think at a certain point, some of this stuff will escalate, you know, and if she's getting confessionals and confessional glam, that that to me would feel, I would not want to see that happen of Gia being in that situation. But I think that might be the future of some of these interactions and toxicity moving forward, which is why I'm hopeful they'll figure something out. I mean the only way to get to the other side of this right now is to get through it, um which is why I'm glad I recorded and kind of talked t- t- this out with you guys, noting um that again, I really am ninety eight point seven percent congestion <laughs> right now, but it had been a couple days and um and I really wanted to record and also Dear Lord, hashtag root me the strength to watch succession, the eight to 10 war times that are required that I owe as a debt to the succession society at large before unpacking and discussing and deep diving. God forbid I attempt to, you know, go through the series as a whole on the upcoming episode of Taking It Personally and also a very deep dive, Lord help us, of vpr at the end of the week um i would like to get your thoughts on atlanta are there any discussion points that you guys are interested in because i would love to focus on that potentially on an upcoming ag classic episode and definitely on patreon um as well so Join the Andy Squirrels Patreon, the number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes, invites to special Zoom key keys. I haven't done one of those in a minute. I feel like this might be the month. And by this month, I mean tomorrow. It starts to be June. Because um, I just looked at my watch clock thing, and it is after midnight. Uh, so join up to the AG Patreon. Send me your satchels of gold. Slide into my DMs on social at Dame Galley. Send me a DM on Patreon, patreon.com slash Girls. Let me know your thoughts and feels about Atlanta, about VPR, which Lord knows I'm going to unpack and cover on Instagram stories when we all watch um, live. Uh, when we all, God forbid, hashtag watch what happens um, with that worm with a mustache and those heavenly poo-poo heads. Um, and let me know your thoughts and feels because I would love to hear more. And I do also think that Atlanta is just now heating up. It's we're only four episodes in There's So many episodes to go. I think this Marlo stuff is going to get complicated with some of her interactions with the cast. Understanding that she is, you know, there are other participants in seemingly wanting to activate her to the extent that she will. But um, We'll see what happens. I'm curious for what you guys are thinking. So please let me know. And speaking of thoughts, thanks to all of you for attending last week's Andy Scrolls Live, a scan of all spirits. Was that last week or the week before? Again, my brain is on fire. And those who participated in the live stream and watched during the rebroadcast, I'm so appreciative and have to shout out. Bravo Holick, bestie Dylan Hafer, also known as Bravo by Betches. And um, did I say Bravo by Betches? I hope I did. And the host of the podcast <laughs> mention it all for being such an incredible um, co-host and frequent collaborator, collaborator um, who also just turned spiritually mid-20s plus. Um, but I think it's actually uh, quite literally for him, not spiritually as it is for me. But also as he and I share the same biological um, age spiritually, It is, uh, in fact, real for both of us. So uh, happy belated birthday to Dylan Hafer and to all of you for listening to um, an episode that I absolutely will not remember in about five minutes um, because of the cold. Uh, So hopefully this kept your ears warm, this warm May, end of May night. Um, And I'm really curious for your thoughts in New Jersey. So please slide into my DMs and let me know. And on that note, guys, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Taking it personally, can we take a moment to discuss a new chapter, new beginning, and a new AG Classic this weekend, and a new app on the AG Patreon in a couple hours? My goodness, we are truly blessed and truly thrilled, and I have run out of words as my NyQuil, or whatever it is that I took, kicks in. So um, here's to all of you. Thanks for listening, and I will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.